Welcome to another episode of Routes Through Pokemon Adventures. I'm your host, Shaylock. I'm Ruby. I'm Rosella. I'm Baba. And together we are journeying through the routes of Pokemon from Red and Blue, the anime, and the manga. This week we are only covering anime episodes as we build up towards the final tournament of the Indigo League and Red and Blue and all that stuff. So this week we will be doing all the episodes where Ash should be training. <laughs> and then next week we will be covering the episodes of the actual Indigo League championship or tournament or whatever it's called. As well as the Indigo Plateau tournament in the manga. And then the episode after that we will finally be back to Red and Blue. And Ruby and I will be talking about our final confrontations with the Elite Four, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully there will be reports of victory. Alright, so this week we are covering episode 70, Make Room for Gloom. Episode 71, Lights, Camera, Quaction. <laughs> Episode 72, Go West, Young Meowth. Episode 73, To Master the Unexpected. Then the Pikachu the Pikachu short, Christmas Night. And another Pikachu short, Kanga Games. Then episode 74, The Ancient Puzzle of Pokemonopolis. Episode 75, Bad to the Bone. And finally, episode 76, All Fired Up. This is a lot of episodes. <laughs> yep, lots to cover. It'll be fun. But before we dive in, let us cover any reports of other Pokemon fun that's going on, or life stuff. So this episode's coming a little bit later. We had a gap because of Valentine's Day, and we took a little bit extra time because we also welcomed home a new baby. baby. Yes, Maltese has joined the family. He seems to be doing fine. Uh, Mama's doing fine. And we're all excited to have um, another little sibling, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. What about you, Vava? Are you excited about Maltese? Yes. <laughs> Good. So, uh, besides that going on, though, slowly going through our episodes, I haven't played much Pokemon lately. Uh, regular Pokemon. Um, but, Rosella, you've been working on trying to catch up in Scarlet and Violet so that we can play together with Ruby, right? Yes, I think I'm... Violet? Yep. Okay. And I found a crystallized one where it's like you can do it as a big group and stuff. And Oh, the terror raids? Yes. And I caught something that was based off of a dung beetle and I named it Poo Poo. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Poo-poo. You just finally finished the whole school thing and are able to ride your Maridan now too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm always happy. exciting. But you still have to hit three gyms. Um, two of those... What are they called? The ones with the, the Urban Mystica path. Yeah. Monsters. Yeah, the giant Pokemon things. I don't know. I defeated the Cloth. Yeah. Yeah, Vivi's already defeated Cloth. And you've done one gym too, right? Yeah, so you got a couple more gyms. And then there's a Team Star you have to do too to be caught up. But I have been playing some Pokemon Go and I've been using my adventure, like my daily incense thing or whatever trying over and over again to hopefully find one of the galarian legendary birds and today i finally used my first master ball and caught myself a galarian zapdos which is still not as cool as my galarian articuno honestly i do think the articuno does look cooler however my three my favorite of the original three would be the electric one so zapdos so i am pretty excited to have zapdos that would be my 
next choice, but well, although Moltres looks actually pretty cool. I, know, I too. love Moltres. Really, I kind of like all the Galarian <laughs> legendaries, but I know they're like so cool. I do. I really like the color scheme of Articuno, though. I really like the Galarian Moltres and the Galarian Articuno. I don't know what it is about this. He's kind of weird, being almost um ostrichy instead of like a flying bird like they were. That's fair. I guess he does look kind of cool. I just didn't think of him as that cool because in Pokemon cards I had Galarian Zapdos forever. I was like. Oh, he is one of the legends, and I've seen those as more common cards. Looks like. Sure, that makes sense. It's just plain. Yeah. So, uh, any other updates in Pokemon Go or anything like that? Not that I can think of. Oh. I don't think so. No, I also enjoyed like the Valentine's Day stuff and getting a, a heart shape uh, pattern on Spinda. That kind of he looks kind of like a panda bear with like pink and white or whatever. That sounds really pretty, but but he, they, there's different patterns for each for there's like a bunch of different spinda patterns and there was a specific one related to Valentine's time frame. So I like well, the outfits of... they have for um, Valentine's Day. It's like love disc or something. Oh yeah, love disc. Yep. Oh, a couple things I wanted to go over because I kept forgetting to talk about them is that there's been. I mean, so this is kind of old news now, but a couple of Pokemon news-related things is that Pokemon Horizons is coming out. It was supposed to come out this month, but now it's coming out in March, which is the new anime series because they finished Ash's story. And I'm excited to watch that. So we'll probably try to kind of keep up on that and maybe like talk a little bit about it in our episodes as we watch through them. But I'm excited to check that out. But then also, Pokemon TV is leaving it next month you can't download it anymore or anything like that but if you already have it on certain things you can still use it until the end of the month what so why is it leaving and hopefully maybe we'll have to do a quick marathon and get through all of orange island before it goes away <laughs> marathon go buy snacks yeah so that's the only news i can remember at least that i wanted to talk about but then there's also uh we've got a little bit of engagement on uh twitter or x or whatever you want to call it I forgot to bring this up last episode, and I meant to, but I talked about how it was silly that Joy in the movie was all like, Pokemon aren't meant to fight, and then there's like a little bit of a pause, so we had enough time to be like, what? Of course they're meant to fight, that's ridiculous. But then she says, not like this, all right? And somebody, I commented on that on Twitter, and somebody responded, uh, um, uh, Stephen Reich from the Poker Press, and he pointed out that the anime comes from Japan, which has a, you know, history of the martial arts and samurai code and all that stuff, right? And so from that perspective, th her comment actually makes a lot of sense, Joy's does, because there, yeah, the Pokemon aren't meant to just go into a big old brawl just beating the snot out of each other, right? It's supposed to be done in a certain way, right? There's a, there's a conduct to follow, there's you know, an honor system sort of thing. Like, you only use certain amount of Pokemon in certain battles and all that stuff. It's supposed to be done in a strict, like, format. And I thought that was actually a really good point. <laughs> so I kind of get where her comment's coming from to that degree then. And it makes me even more curious exactly how things are worded in the original Japanese version of the movie. Which now makes me kind of want to start watching the series and movies in Japanese and just to see what difference there is. <laughs> I mean, not with you guys or anything. I just want to do it just out of my own I, curiosity. I don't need to do that. Marathon <laughs> of reading. <laughs> well, no. I just need to learn Japanese. And, <laughs> well, then I'll watch it with you. Sure. There you go. All right. So, thanks for that comment, Stephen Reich, um, and for all the engagement about the music. That's been interesting conversation as well. But now, I think we can get into the episodes, yeah? Yay. So, the first one on our list is Make Room for Gloom. 
In this one, Ash is supposed to be training for the Pokemon League, but instead he's snoozing in his room. <laughs> then during breakfast, Ash's mom brings up chores, and so then Ash is like, uh, actually, we have to go to the mountains to go do some training, which is actually what they do in a couple episodes later, is going to the mountains. So Ash and Brock and Misty quick get out of dodge before they have to do a bunch of chores for ash's mom <laughs> and when they do that they end up near the xanadu nursery which is a basically a greenhouse for a bunch of plants and stuff and there's a woman in there that brock you know smashes his face against the window looking at her and obsessing over um and there's another guy that's working there and he thinks that there's like criminals or something <laughs> so he aims something at them and they're all worried they're gonna get blasted by like a flamethrower or something right yeah but it's just a spray Oh, right. So Ash had also mentioned that the nursery's owner had moved away some time ago. Um, so he didn't know that it was still running. And then the girl in there is the one running it now. And she mentions how it was in the family. So she must be related to the original owner somehow. But she doesn't feel up to the task of running the place because she can't even get her gloom to evolve. Which is kind of silly because you can't force a gloom to evolve. Or like you can't train a gloom to evolve. It doesn't evolve by leveling up. You need a leaf stone to evolve it in the game. Right, but she was trying to do everything, and then she said, I even tried a leaf stone. But, like, that should be the only thing you tried, because that's the only way to do it. Well, if she tried a leaf stone, then she could just feel, like, defeated. Like, I'm so pathetic. Blue, my Pokemon being so pathetic that it doesn't work on it. Right, and it doesn't. She's like, yeah, I can't even get the leaf stone to work on it. And then Professor Oak shows up and reveals that the leaf stone is a fake, which is why it doesn't work. So then, they're like, they're like well, who sold this thing to you? So she describes them by describing their hair. And the one had hair that swoops back or whatever, and then the one had hair, and she says like this and does a weird shape with her <laughs> like hand to try to show like James's bangs. <laughs> an, an M. Yeah, kind of like an M shape, yep. And a talking Meowth, which is always a big clue of who we're dealing with. They seem to be like, huh, interesting at the pink and blue. And then talking Meowth, and they're all like, oh, it's Team Rocket. It's like the pink hair, the troops. I mean, James's bangs. I didn't understand it. So, maybe that's not a big clue. But the big shoopy hair is pink and blue hair. Come on, guys. It's Team Rocket. You shouldn't just need the talking mouth to be like, oh, that's Team Rocket. It's like, you've seen these people a million times. Don't you remember what their hair looks like? <laughs> yup. So then... Once they figure out that it's Team Rocket, they're like, all right, well, we got to figure out what to do there. And they're like, we can't go and find them. They find us, so not sure. So, yeah, anyway, there's also a special plant in the greenhouse that stuns people. They mentioned that because Bulbasaur found it at one point or whatever. Mm. And so we find that Team Rocket wants it and refines it to use against everyone because they're going to, you know, steal Pokemon and whatever. And so they do use it, and it freezes everybody up, except for the girl in her gloom who are on a above platform when they do run into Team Rocket, because they're all inside the same greenhouse, so it's only a matter of time, right? Well, they saw them through the windows, because Bulbasaur got sick or whatever. They go inside, and she shows them the fake leaf stuff, and that's when Professor Oak, Professor Oak shows up. Let's go for snacks. <laughs> that's when Professor Oak shows up, and then, like, Gloom produces this serum stuff that helps Bulbasaur. Oh, that's And then, right. like, there's these windows that have an overview of the greenhouse, and yeah. they're like, there's Team Rocket. Right, so they go out to confront them. Team Rocket uses the refined plant stuff and stuns everybody. And, and for once, it's a good plan. Yeah, this is actually a good plan, and Meowth is kind of funny because he dons a whole costume on it when he's doing it. What? He has a whole, like, ancient... Chinese or Japanese like costume thing as he's like grinding it in like a little bowl. Oh, that's right. Um, 
He made a bat and then threw it. Yeah, he put it into a ball and threw it that exploded and put everyone to, well, not sleep, but stun them, paralyze them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a sign that says, like, it, a plant, like, it is to cats, catnip. Yeah, they mentioned that it's, a, it's, it's similar to catnip, yeah. It's like catnip. Yep. But what are cats? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's always they always mention like these references to animals, but you don't really ever see them. So anyway, they're in this situation, and Gloom and the girl are still free. So Brock pleads with the girl to use her Gloom, and she's of course the reluctant. She's like, I can't, you know, blah 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 blah. She has no self confidence. Um, and then but then there was a moment where they are both staring at one another, and it's like a touching moment, and it's like you know, like it's. It gets close view on him and her both looking back at each other, staring at each other, you know, with Brock, who has, like, no eyes. <laughs> Didn't I mention that when we were watching? I think like, you might have. <laughs> Brock doesn't have any eyes. And yet, because because their eyes get, like, wide, usually, in those staring things, too. Like, hers are all big and beautiful, and his are still lines. <laughs> I mean, it's probably easier to just do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. But with encouragement from Brock, the girl has Gloom pull some moves, including the solar beam she taught it. Which, Brock is surprised. He's like, wait, you, your Gloom knows solar beam? She's like, well, it was in a magazine, though, so I taught it to Gloom. <laughs> which proves that she's actually a pretty good trainer. So, like, solar beam's an awesome move, and you just kind of forgot to mention that you taught your Gloom that? And then I was going to be annoyed if at the end of the episode, Gloom also then just evolved after beating Team Rocket. And then I was going to have to come up with some whole cockamamie idea that there must be some leaf stones lurking somewhere in the, the, the greenhouse, just like there was in the leaf forest. Maybe they got tracked in over there, I don't know. They were stuck in on the bottom of Ash's shoes. Ruby's glaring at me. Um, but She's she... there were no leaf stones in that forest. They just disobeyed all the rules of evolution! <laughs> She was trying to use the glare attack. <laughs> she was using her glare attack. Ruby uses glare. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but instead, Gloom doesn't evolve, and the girl just actually just learns that evolving her Gloom wasn't necessary and had nothing to do with her as a trainer. And then, at the end, she's confessing her love for someone that she's been keeping hidden and whatever, and Brock thinks she is talking to him. But then it turns out she's just talking to the other guy that works there, and of course Brock is super, super sad. <laughs> well, it seems like she was talking to Brock, because they, she was just talking to the trainers or whatever, yep. and then she goes on confessing her love, and it's like, <gasps> does someone actually love Brock? So then, that's pretty much that episode. Boom, solar beamed Team Rocket out, and that was the end of them, and everything's all hunky-dory, right? Wait, you remember what happened with Team Rocket? I do. I, well, I remember that Gloom used solar beam. And I knew that Team Rocket was done after that. I can't even picture them leaving. <laughs> We're heading in a step for the red direction. And Team Rocket said, Did they? Did they go flying up out of the greenhouse? And then ding away in the sky? Yeah. I figured they probably did. But I don't. I can't necessarily actually remember seeing that. I just know that's typically how it goes. <laughs> so I can guess. Alright, but then we go to episode 71. Lights. Camera. Quaction. <laughs> so, this one actually starts really cool. Ash is challenged to a Pokemon battle by a girl named, uh, I think it was like Katrina or something. Katrina. Um, 
Oh, and Jigglypuff made a quick cameo at the beginning of the episode. Like, we saw, like, Jigglypuff somewhere. I forget exactly where. But um, just to let us know that... Because it was when the narrator was talking, I think. But anyway, Ash is actually doing some training, because he's actually battling somebody. So this is good. Ash does actually do some training here. Um, Ash sends out Pikachu, and the girl sends out a Raichu. But then Team Rocket bursts in and snatches the Pokemon, both of them. Or wait, no, they snatch, they just snatch Raichu. Um, when they meant to catch Pikachu. <laughs> oh, and I think Raichu's name was, like, Raichi. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of, like, putting the E sound at the end of it. Whatever. But, yeah, so when they find out that it's Raichu, Raichu just electrifies them. And then a, a movie director shows up and yells, CUT! <laughs> and then he, this is one of my favorite parts, does a parody of the Team Rocket motto. Talking about his movie making abilities. <laughs> and Team Rocket, of course, yeah. is a little not happy about it. A um, little. Just a little. Yeah. And then he introduces his uh, himself. And I forget exactly what his name is, but it sounds a lot like Steven Spielberg, who's an actual movie director. So it's kind of parroting that name. Like Stephen. I don't remember what it was. Pokeberg. <laughs> no. But anyway, it turns out he's working on a movie starring only Pokemon. And it's supposed to be a love story between a Wigglytuff and originally the love interest was going to be an Abra. But a dispute caused the Abra to teleport off the set. <laughs> so we know how tricky and hard to keep around Abras are, don't we? Yeah. Ruby's using glare again, but this time it's like at the microphone, not me. So I'm safe. <laughs> Maybe Ruby's secretly an Arbok. Arbok is always using glare. <laughs> I forgot what Arbok You're calling me a snake? Well, you are Slytherin. Oh, yeah, Arbok. You took that test and you turned out to be Slytherin. <laughs> well, the glare got turned back on me. All right. Is Arbok you the evolved form or the basic? Arbok is the evolved form of Ekans. Oh, okay. So anyway, the director decides to hold auditions with the gang's Pokemon to see who could replace Abra. Brock sends in Vulpix. Ash and the female trainer send out Pikachu and Raichu. Misty calls out, Star you! And Psyduck pops out. It's supposed to be like, who do you think popped up? <laughs> yep. We love our Psyduck, don't we? Yeah. I mean, you all knew it was going to be um, Psyduck. It's lights, camera, quack -tion. Right. Quack, quack. And then Team Rocket bring in Arbok and Weezing while Meowth brings himself. There are other Pokemon, like Hitmonlee and Machoke in the audition as well. Uh, the first cut for like the audition, like to see who they were going to get rid of and not let continue on, was to see how so, like how they danced. Didn't the Pikachu and Raichu dance together? You know, I don't actually remember. Like up and down the stage, like um, yeah, almost they... like a man and woman, and they have like each other's hands. With a rose in their mouth. Oh, kind of like a tango or something? Yeah, yeah like a tango. That sounds fun. I don't remember. Wait, no, that's and Psyduck shook his butt. Well, of course. It's tail, tail whip or tail wag or whatever they call it. So only the main character Pokemon and the female trainer Pokemon make the cut. Wait, who only made the cut? So, like, Ash's Pokemon, Team Rocket's Pokemon, Misty's Pokemon, Brock's Pokemon, and the Katrina or whatever her name is, Raichu. Okay. So, like, the Machoke and whatever else was out there, they were obviously not from the main characters, and they didn't make it. So only the main characters make it to the next stage. Okay. So then it is a singing audition where they perform with Wigglytuff, but singing is involved, and so, suddenly, Jigglypuff jumps on the stage and sings everyone to sleep. I love Jigglypuff. So see, this is this episode's great. We get, we get 
Psyduck all over the place, and Jigglypuff. So, of course, everybody falls asleep, so Jigglypuff gets mad and draws on everyone. Once awake and cleaned up, the auditions continue. Arbok, Weezing, and Meowth all get beat up by Wigglytuff and are rejected. Well, didn't one of them, Meowth, just try to take the whole show? I think so, something like that. Yeah, Wigglytuff's mean! Oh, Wigglytuff is mean, which is probably why Abra teleported out of there. So then, seeing that go down, the rest of the Pokemon leave the stage of auditioning as well, not wanting to deal with Wigglytuff's abuse. Except Psyduck, who probably has no idea what's going on. <laughs> so Psyduck is automatically cast as Wigglytuff's co-star. The story is supposed to be kind of like Romeo and Juliet, where the other Pokemon families don't want them together, and then Psyduck jumps in front of an attack and dies, sighing his last sigh, is what they say. But, like, as in... PSI, PSY, Psy. Psy. Psy, Anyway, they, they decide to, when they're filming it, they're going to start with the final moments of the film, and Ash, Katrina, Misty, and Brock all offer to help work on the movie. There's supposed to be a storm in the film, and so Pidgeotto uses wind attack, Staryu uses water gun to create rain, and then Pikachu and Raichu are in the front of each opposed family and seem to be leading the charge, but they are also the lightning effects. But... Team Rocket shows up and interrupts the whole shebang, and they finally get to say their motto. They get all the Pokemon captured, except Psyduck. Wigglytuff calls for help, and Psyduck runs around in a panic until his headache is finally bad enough. Because Missy's like, what are you doing, Psyduck? You're supposed to be helping. And Wigglytuff's like, Wiggly! <laughs> but Wigglytuff then, can go up there. Then bam, psychic powers and Team Rocket fades away again. Then Psyduck and Wigglytuff have a moment that is on film with a better ending than Psyduck dying. So they changed the ending of the film. Yep. And that's pretty much it, as far as I can remember. Any other information you but want to... But in this, did we know that they changed the ending of the film? Yeah, he mentions it because of the way it, like, they, like, that whole moment, and, like, that's a great ending to the film. Oh, because they filmed Wigglytuff after. Yeah, the film was rolling, and that's when Team Rocket interrupted during, while it was rolling, so... And so that means Team Rocket was in the movie, Ash and them were in the movie. So then we move on to Go West, Young Meowth. So the movie that was filmed in the last episode is now premiering. And Ash and the gang, along with Ash's mom, are invited to the premiere. Though, when they arrive, they are surprised to find the theaters in a pretty rundown area of town. This dinky little place, but there's no one around. And it's pretty much like... Them getting there and having this whole moment of going to Hollywood, which is another interesting thing. So here we got Hollywood again. So the game mentions the Lightning American with Lieutenant Surge. The game mentions South America for where Mew comes from. The Mewtwo Strikes Back movie also shows the like the prequel thing, which shows like the them traveling to South America to find stuff about Mew, although they never specifically say it is. I don't think. And they mention Minnesota in the movie. <laughs> At least all, all of this in the American versions of everything. I don't know for sure on the Japanese side. And now they're going to Hollywood. Like it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from where they were in Kanto, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. I guess it's just a flight over the ocean, that's all. Because Kanto's supposed to be a part of Japan, basically. What? Like, are they... Because Hollywood's in California. I know. I know where Hollywood is. That is so weird and so strange. Yeah. Anyway. So we're still pretending this is all taking place in the real world with some fictional lands. So, them getting to Hollywood, them finding the theater and stuff, 
that's pretty much the whole arc. We get a little bit more with Ash and them, but that's pretty much their whole story because <laughs> this is mostly focuses on Meowth and Team Rocket. So Meowth becomes all introspective as they head to Hollywood because he's thinking about his return to that town. So he's been there before. And then he flashbacks to when he was down on his luck and witnessed a film called That Darn Meowth, which is, you know, a play off the That Darn Cat, which is a movie that your brother Flame has enjoyed. Yeah. Um, old movie. He saw what the Meowth would manage to get for food, and so Team Rocket Meowth headed west to see that stuff. Um, and he saw this movie while he was, like, hanging from a tree because he had been difficult, and so the people around there were mean to him and strung him up. They just hung him up there. Yep. And left him there. Yep. To die. Yep. So, yeah, Meowth heads to Hollywood when he's little or younger or whatever. And there he robbed from a shop and wasn't having much luck, and then ran into a gang of Meowth led by a Persian, and together they had a lot more success. Then Meowth met a girl Meowth that was owned by some rich lady, and so she was very pampered, and she had no interest in a little street Meowth like our Team Rocket Meowth. She said something about her human taking good care of her. So Meowth decides... He has to become human, or at least as human as possible, so that he can take care of her. So he started witnessing ballet classes, and tried to learn to walk like a human that way, because they were all learning posture and everything. And he was, like, up in the rafters or whatever. Yeah, peeking through. Yeah. And it caused him to be worse at running from the butcher, then, when they were stealing from the store. Well, that's because he would practice running on his two legs. Yep. Then it was difficult. And so that means the butcher would catch him, beat him up really bad. And he would crawl himself back into the attic that overlooked classes, where they taught tongue twisters to teach people how to talk and enunciate. Meowth also happened to have a book to try to learn to read and understand letters. It was like, like an alphabet book. A is for apple. Yeah, that kind of thing. For... And after time goes by, he starts to get the tongue twisters down. And then, when he's looking over his book, the first letter he's able to figure out is R. And it's for rocket. Which has a picture of a rocket on it. And he's like, if it, if that hadn't been the first letter... Like, it's because of that first letter is probably why I also joined the illustrious Team Rocket. Anyway, he goes back to Meowzy. That's, that's her name. The, mm-hmm. the girl Meowth. Uh, and shows off. And she calls him a freak. Because yep. now that he's more human, he, she thinks he's freaky. So then we cut back to the present. And Meowth runs into his old gang. And the Persian wants Meowth to join back up. Meowth says no, and the Persian then reveals that Meowzy is now part of the gang. Apparently, her owner fell on hard times and left Meowzy out in the cold, and the Persian took her in. The Persian gets forceful, and Team Rocket shows up to protect their friend Meowth. So the Persian gets hurt, and Meowzy rushes over to him, showing Meowth that she seems to care for the Persian since he took her in, and, besides, Meowth is still nothing but a walking, talking freak. So Meowth is super sad. But it was really cool that Team Rocket showed up and helped their friend. Because they're like, well, we weren't going to get involved until we knew we could, like, what was going on. And also knew that we could win. <laughs> also, what was interesting is that when they showed up for that, what did they do? Say their motto? They didn't say their motto. They did something different. They sang a They sang a song. That's right. They were like, we're kind of bored of our old motto. So we're going to sing this song as part of the lyrics. Right. <laughs> And it was pretty fun. I liked it. But yeah, so then they rescue Meowth. Then we cut back to the premiere of the movie where Ash and them are. And when the film ends, Ash and everybody are upset that the humans didn't show up. So like Ash isn't in it. 
Team Rocket's not in it. And the director's like, well, he couldn't hit, like, he, it was supposed to be a Pokemon movie, so he cut all the human stuff out. And the only reason they're invited is because he couldn't get anybody else to come see his movie. <laughs> yeah. But then, at the end of all that, Team Rocket shows up on the stage in their traditional arrival, including their traditional motto. But they didn't have combat or anything. They just came to give the audience what they wanted. They even say that, meaning, you know, us people that watch it. So they still put their motto in the show, but they didn't try to capture the Pokemon or nothing. They just showed up on the stage, did a little number, said their motto, and left. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. I think they were even wearing, like, top hats. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they had dressed up for the occasion. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty amusing that they Mm -hmm. didn't do their motto earlier, but then they decided to throw it in at the end, too, just for all the fans of the show (laughs) who were looking for it. And that's pretty much the end of that one, I think, yeah? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so then we move on to one of your brother's favorite episodes. Not Flame, not Bye Bye. Master the Unexpected. I know you guys must have seen it at least a few times, because he loves Onyx so much that he's watched that episode many times. Like a million times. So you guys might actually remember it better than I do. But anyway, the plot here is Ash and Brock... While Ash is supposed to be training, are watching Bruno, who is a member of the Elite Four in the games, use his Hitmonchan during a battle on TV. And, of course, Brock and Ash are enamored with it, and Brock's talking about how awesome Bruno is, and he must have some secret about training Pokemon to make him so good to be an Elite Four member. Um, and Misty shows up, and that's when they tell they try to convince misty that they're they are training by watching bruno and stuff because he must know some secret and they need to go find him to get that secret weirdly enough while they're discussing this ash's mom shows up telling them that she's heard a rumor that bruno trains at mount hideaway so she apparently knows where they could find bruno so ash and them decide to go to mount hideaway to go find bruno when they're climbing up that way they get some food from an old lady who's complaining about something stealing her food then while they're eating the thieves show up. Who are the thieves? Team Rocket. That's right. But they claim to be in the mountains to seek enlightenment. And they have long gray beards as part of their disguise. Including Jesse. Has <laughs> long gray beard. For once, James is dressed up like a boy. And Jesse is also dressed up like a boy. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So yeah, they're there to, to seek enlightenment. Change their ways. Their motto is fast-forwarded with a remote that Meowth has. Because he's like, so they're playing with that some more about being sick of this stupid thing. And then the lady smacks them around, causing them to drop the food they stole and run off. Then the old lady mentions that there are giant onyx on the mountain. And they meet one who chases them down. But Bruno shows up and has them all hide behind a rock. Then Brock is sure there are secrets to learn, despite Bruno saying there isn't any secrets. And so he decides to... Bruno decides to have them all do his chores and stuff to learn the secret. He's like, well, I'll tell you, but you have to do these things. (laughs) So he gets them to do all the work for him. Which is the secret. Right. Meanwhile, Team Rocket is trying to get the giant onyx, and they even use, like, heavy artillery, like a rocket launcher, to start blasting them and try to weaken them. Of course, it doesn't go well for them at all, and they end up getting cornered by a bunch of onyx, I think. At least by the end of the episode, maybe. I don't remember. But... Bruno also gets involved eventually because the Onyx is causing lots of problems and just having a tough time. And he's like, oh, there's something wrong with the Onyx. And so he goes and does a co- lot of cool moves to dodge the attacks of the Onyx and get in there. And what does he find? A sand slash. Stuck in between some of the boulders of the Onyx. 
It's Sand Slash, right? Yeah, it was Sand Slash. I thought it was Sand Shirt. He also says that the only secret, really, is to connect with Pokemon. Kind of like Ash, Ash already says does. Damn. Exactly. You know, friendship is magic sort of stuff. <laughs> That's what a lot of this is based off of. The power of friendship. Like when they pulled Jarizard out of the thing in the Pikachu vacation. Yeah. And then that's pretty much that episode. Anything else anybody want to touch on Master of the Unexpected? It's cool that we the saw... The Onyx it. are really big on that mountain. And they leave, like, rivers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I really liked that we got Bruno, though. That we got a shot of at least one of the Elite Four. Mm-hmm. Because I know that... He's an Elite Four. In the video game, Bruno is one of the Elite Four. And he uses Onyx. He's, he has... He has at least one Onyx. He has fighting Pokemon and at least an Onyx. That's what I remember. I didn't know that. But, like, it was just cool to see them because the show is going in a different direction. Because when they go to the Indigo Plateau tournament, what they do is they just fight a bunch of other Pokemon masters. Whereas in the video game, after you defeat all eight gyms, you go to the Indigo Plateau and all you do there is fight the Elite Four to win. Like, that's the goal of the game. To become the Pokemon master. So... So then, before we get into more normal episodes, we have a couple of Pikachu shorts that take place during Christmas time, which I think they're located here in the watch list just because of who, which Pokemon are involved in the story at this point, like Togepi and who's not there. But it does seem a little weird that we got Christmas again for a little bit and then we're back to training and move on. So <laughs> it's a little weird on continuity, but we just roll with it. So we first we had Christmas night where Pikachu and the other Pokemon are left alone in house with a Christmas tree. And Pikachu is doing his best to keep the tree standing as the rest of the Pokemon get a little out of hand. Wait, wait. Um, they find they find party hats, and Zyduck tries to put one on his head. It falls onto his tail. But the oh, that's right. He has his tail. I forgot that. But the design on it is question marks. Oh, that's right. Because they it. found New Year's supplies. I totally forgot about that. That's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode. I don't remember everything because it's all just silliness. Yeah, all the other Pokemon are going crazy, fighting with each other. Yeah, running around the tree. It almost falls a couple times, but then eventually it does get grabbed down and plummets. Also, I think there's snow on this tree and it's inside. Like the little snow, you know how when you would see a tree outside in a show, they'd have the snow on just the some branches or whatever. I think that design is on this tree and I'm like, it's inside! <laughs> Maybe they didn't shake off the snow when they brought it inside. Um, when... Bulbasaur and Squirtle went crazy. Squirtle ate Bulbasaur's cookie. Oh, that's right. So the Bulbasaur was chasing him, right? He ate the Bulbasaur. Oh, that's right. There was cookies that were shaped like Pokemon, weren't there? Or Pokeballs. Yeah. Or Pokeballs. I forgot about the cookies. There's some Pokeballs. Like, I remember there being cookies involved somewhere in there, but I forgot all the information with the cookies. I forgot they all or had some. I like the cookies. Anyway, the tree does end up getting pulled down, despite Pikachu's best efforts. Pikachu goes mad. Yeah, Pikachu gets very mad and ends up causing more problems, I think. Because he makes the lights he go like, out. Yeah, he like, yeah. He gives a big zap and all the lights go out. All the lights go out. go out, yep. So he takes out all the lights. What's funny is... And that gets, all the te- that gets attention of all the Pokemon. They settle down. What's funny is, like, instead of, like, lightning bolts when he's angry and stuff, it's fire. Even though he's an Oh, that's right. I forgot about that, yep. But then they find a music box, and it has a light inside of it. And a Christmas tree in it that spins around with the music. They watch that for a bit, and then I think it stops eventually. And then we kind of, like, don't know what happens after that. And the gang shows back up. Which, again, we don't see the faces of the gang. We just hear voices. And when they show up, all of a sudden the lights are back on. The tree is up and decorated like the tree was in the little music box and all that stuff. 
But then we find out that Pikachu is holding the plugins to his cheeks to provide all the power to the <laughs> to everything. <laughs> uh, and that's about it. That's pretty much that story. <laughs> for as far as I can remember. Well, one of the times when the tree was about to fall, he was trying to protect Togepi. Yes, he was trying to protect Togepi like he always is. Because Misty sucks. Yes, she is. I like Misty, but her whole thing with Togepi is still frustrating. Yes. She's like, she, does, she like holds it and that's it. Shouldn't even belong to her. Yeah. And then she gets mad at Ash when her Togepi is lost. It's his Togepi. Right. So like, then, oh, he shouldn't have even had to battle for Togepi because he's the one who found the egg. And then Brock's argument was stupid about that because Brock literally took the egg from Ash. Yep. Well, I've been taking care of it. It's because you stole it from him. Yep. So then we get Kanga games. Pikachu and the rest end up in the woods because uh, they're at, like staying at a cabin in the woods during snowy time. Um, I think a couple of Pokemon jump into Kangaskhan's... Oh, wait, sorry. Let's skip ahead. Pikachu and the rest end up in the woods, and they meet up with a Kangaskhan and his child. And at first it looks like the Kangaskhan is going to be, like, super scary, but then it's, like, it's, like, looming over them and everything, but then it smiles at them and is all friendly and talk, chatting with them. And then a couple of Pokemon hop into Kangaskhan's pouch, if I remember correctly. Or is that just at the end? I thought that in the be- earlier on yeah, they were I doing think, that. Yeah, I do think so. Well, first, the little one wants to come out and play. Yes. She, she so they play with the little one, and then some get to ride inside the pouch later. And then some of the other Pokemon show up, too, and throw snowballs at them, like with Squirtle and everything. And so they throw Pokeballs, but, or Pokeballs, snowballs back and forth. Would be funny as if their design looked <laughs> like a... But then they decide to do a sledding contest type thing or something, and they're all going to go sledding down a hill, and they have different ways of doing it. And once again, Squirtle is a means of transportation, just like in the Pokemon Flamethon thing. And... I don't think that they are having a competition. I think it's like Togepi and the little one found something that looked like a sled, and they were sliding down. And then, and then all, they... and so others just wanted to join in. The and Pikachu was trying to save them. Oh, like, save them! That's right. Um, Pikachu hopped on. Oh, um, okay. To oh, to save Togepi. I think he tried to, but the sled went too. No, he managed to on. And then um. Onyx was also another sled-like thing, um, because a bunch of Pokemon were riding on him. I think the little tiny sled that Togepi was originally on even got, like, went away or something. Yeah, by the end, I think they're all on Onyx. Yep. But then they're about to go into this lake, and Onyx can't stop. And then the big Kangaskhan comes and, like, holds Onyx, and it's, like, super close to the lake. And then everyone uses Kangaskhan as a playground. Yeah. yeah. Was, um, who used Squirtle? Was it Pikachu to ride Squirtle to get down to Togepi quick, or was somebody else just riding Squirtle for fun? Someone else was just riding Squirtle okay. for fun. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember. I just I love that. being like, well, this time it's not Pikachu riding Squirtle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I just, I just remember, I just remember he was a vehicle again, just like he was for the race with the Ponita one, which I think is awesome. Yeah, and then after they play for a while, we see Ash and them in the like far distance or whatever saying oh come on so they all leave and go back on their journeying and pikachu hops into his shirt oh does he yes makes sense i can't remember when but like for just a little while there was snowflakes falling and we hear the jigglypuff song but the snowflakes were actually jigglypuff i totally did not even remember that happening I can they were all a bunch of tiny cheekily puffs. That's fantastic. I wonder how I missed that. <laughs> I thought you even commented on I that. might have, but I totally don't remember. 
So then, back into the normal episodes, we are on episode 74, The Ancient Puzzle of Pokemonopolis. <laughs> As you can tell, this was a favorite. Oh, yes. Lots of Jigglypuff. <laughs> lots of Jigglypuff. So, Ash is actually training, which is great. I think he's training with Brock. He has... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He has Pikachu battling Brock's Vulpix. And then there is Which a... is actually the only Pokemon Brock should not be... Like, guess to do bad. Because, theoretically, ground is good against... Fire. Well, not... Ash's Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And he has a special place in his heart for Vulpix after getting it from that one reader. That's fair. So anyway, there's a big explosion during that that then reveals the entrance to an ancient shrine. And a female archaeologist starts taking the credit for it when, like, other well, archaeologist people come to congratulate her. Just one thing fell, and they picked it up and were looking at it. And Missy was actually one of the ones who found it, too. Mm-hmm. And she, the archaeologist comes over and takes it. It's taking all the credit. Then Misty is like, hey, we're the ones who found it. When before, Ash was the one who found Togepi, but <laughs> no, that didn't matter. True. Very true. <laughs> so, anyway, other artifacts had been found uh, in the shrine, and Brock is in love once again. And then they hang out with the archaeologist people, and during the night, Team Rocket shows up, to try to raid the shrine, and they send Arbok in to find anything valuable, and it brings out some odd object. There was a, was big a spoon. black ball. No, it wasn't a spoon. It was a big yeah, black a ball with two tiny black balls connected to it. Yeah, the spoon... It's just a stick with two black balls. The spoon is already inside the tent, and they found the thing the spoon goes into later. Like, they found the thing now, like, before the whole Arbok thing, that later on the spoon goes into. And then Arbok into the disappears. Black... No, 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 no. Oh. So, at the beginning... When they find the shrine with the explosion, Ash and them had found this, like, urn thing. That's the thing the girl takes and claims to have found everything, right? Later on, that spoon is already in the tent because they had found it in their own digging at some other point, And that spoon goes into the thing Ash and them found. Meanwhile, Team Rocket with Arbok brought out the weird black. Okay. And Arbok disappears. And Arbok suddenly disappears. And they're like, what? Then they start running and then they have... Then they get frozen. frozen. Yep. And then we don't know what happens to them after that. At first. We don't see them disappear. We just see them freeze. The black balls start floating. Yeah, it just floats. And then there's footprints in the ground. Yes. Weird three-toed footprints. They look like cookies. (laughs) Okay. Um, They didn't look like cookies. They did too. But when, when Arbok disappeared, it did look very similar to when anybody recalls their Pokemon. Or sends them out. It had or that same kind of light effect. Yeah. And that's important. Don't we find out that the girl, like, published her son? And, like, the girl who took the credit was super smart and, like, done with college at the age of, like, nine or something. It was something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, she's super smart. It's not really important to the story, but yes. I wish I could finish college when I was... <laughs> I I, that's, like, not even possible. Alright, so then the next day... Pretty much the rest of the archaeological team that isn't the girl and Ash's group come across the floating object. They also get frozen and then vanish. We see that they get trapped into a place along with Team Rocket and Arbok. So now we know what happened to Team Rocket, right? Because they all got sucked into the same thing. Which is like a tiny little ball. Yeah, basically. 
They're in the center, ball, like, round part of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's not very big. I mean, it's not big enough for a few people, but it's yeah. not very And then it turns out what's carrying it is a giant Gengar, Gengar. with strange markings on its body. Gengar. So Ash and Co. try to stop it, and Onyx gets caught inside the strange object as well, cramming in with Team Rocket, the archaeologist, and Arbok. Isn't Pidgeotto in there, too? Oh, is he? Because that's when, um... Jesse starts to say it's getting kind of crammed in here, and then... And then Onyx shows up. <laughs> and there was Helen from Tupau Town, the big Gengar. Oh, yes, the Gengar. that's yeah. why they tried to stop Because yes. um, there used to be a Pokemon... Well, they were worried, thanks to some ancient rhyme, that the Gengar is going to destroy Pallet like it probably did to the ancient Pokemonopolis. And we get a glimpse of Professor Oak witnessing a gathering storm in the distance alongside... I think it's Krabby. Um, <laughs> and Muck. Krabby and Muck are next to him, so Ash is Pokemon. Then some strange devices inside the tent come together. This one is the whole spoon going into like the urn thing. And I realized how stupid I was for the spoon. Like, oh. Yeah, right. And so then we get a giant Alakazam. Because the spoon obviously means Alakazam! Or the Abra line, anyway. Because Kadabra has a spoon as well. Alakazam has two. <laughs> but Alakazam also is big and has the same kind of weird markings that Gengar does. And the two giant Pokemon start to battle and cause all sorts of danger for everyone around them. Ash decides, well, they're Pokemon, so I'm going to catch them. So he throws a Pokeball, and it gets exploded <laughs> by Alakazam. And then Jigglypuff shows up. Yeah, so Jigglypuff shows up, and then they're like... Maybe she Jigglypuff can sing them to sleep. Okay. And then Jigglypuff tries to sing it, like sing them to sleep. And everybody, including everybody inside Gengar, gets sleepy except Gengar. Inside Gengar? Well, they're in Gengar, so they're up there. Oh, the, the, the object. Yeah, the object. Yeah, that's not in Gengar. They're in Gengar. <laughs> they're in Gengar. Except Gengar and... Alakazam, they don't get sleepy. So, Jigglypuff, when it's trying to sing, and it's working on everybody except for the giant Pokemon, the giant Pokemon are still fighting, and then they hit the ground, and it causes a big chunk of the ground to break and shoot upwards, launching little Jigglypuff way up into the air and goes, ding! <laughs> and then Jigglypuff's gone. Yeah, I know. So... I thought the... it was supposed to be called fairies that go to the moon, not Jigglypuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, I just love that Jigglypuff showed up again, and of course, this time everybody's like, Yes! We need Jigglypuff! Maybe Jigglypuff could save the day! And then Jigglypuff didn't save the day. <laughs> just like in Canine Capers. That was a weird one. Yeah. Oh. Little Jigglypuff didn't... Right, so, Jigglypuff didn't save the day. But when it was singing what had happened while it was singing everybody started falling asleep and stuff but there was something else that happened and the ground started no then a bell looking thing fell down no it started to glow oh yeah it started to the bell started to glow and the bell was at the entrance of the shrine it was part of the shrine thing and the bell that was above it started to glow and like we just saw a glimpse of it glowing and then jigglypuff gets launched or whatever but then we cut back to it and it's glowing even more and then what happens then it starts to float, and then this big pink Jigglypuff came out of the bell with the strange markings on it as well. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Jigglypuff was singing. Oh, Jigglypuff left. Oh, new Jigglypuff. And then 
the Jigglypuff goes jiggly like in this big deep voice. I'm like, oh, yeah. The is song is that actually gonna sing him to sleep. The song <laughs> sounded much weirder from the giant one. But what what does a little Jigglypuff always have? A microphone. And then the bell-looking thing slid off Jigglypuff's head, and the big Jigglypuff's like, what's this? And starts singing. And that's when it starts singing, and it just echoes out (laughs) with this big Jigglypuff, Jigglypuff. (laughs) (laughs) Then after the big Jigglypuff sings the Alakazam and Gengar to sleep, she pulls out... Or he, or whatever it is, pulls <laughs> <Whatever>. out <laughs> a marker. Um, pulls out the bell chime, which is a marker. Is it a marker? No. Because it's ancient. What is it actually? Oh, a paintbrush. Because everyone thought it was going to be a marker. Right. So it was an old style microphone and an old style marker, which is a paintbrush. <laughs> that makes me wonder if the markings came from. Bum, bum, bum. So did it, but like before it pulls it out too, it does the whole thing that Jigglypuff always does. It goes, it gets all puffy and goes, puff. Looks at this more like, puff. <laughs> and then yeah, it uses the paintbrush on. Yep, and then they all get transported back into their things that they came out of. I think. Yeah, caves. Not the cave, the the objects. Oh, and stuff crumbles down so that they can't see the cave. And oh, that's right. It does. It caves in, doesn't it? And they're like, what are we doing? They forget. Nobody forgets. What? I think they forgot about, like, what just happened. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, the big Jigglypuff also put the other, like everybody else to sleep with its big song, but it, it didn't paint on them because it was just annoyed with a giant Pokemon, I believe. But then... They talk about how they're not going to talk about Pokemonopolis where it was. Yeah. So, like, they have to make a decision not to talk about it so other people don't come find it. Uh, so they don't forget. I thought they forgot. Like, nope. What happened? They just choose not to talk. But that means Team Rocket and the archaeologists all got popped back out of their other objects, which they then talk about as being probably ancient forms of Pokeballs, which is why we see the same type of light when they come out mm. and in. Those mm. were the Pokeballs that captured them or kept them. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it for that episode, I think. Yep. But obviously a very big favorite. Everybody had something to say about Jigglypuffs. Everybody loved the Jigglypuff and Giant Jigglypuff showing up. <laughs> Didn't you? Yes. Okay. So, then we got, what, two more episodes? No. Yeah, two more episodes left. The next episode is episode 75. Bad to the Bone. da 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 This is a song. Okay. You heard it when you watched Terminator. Terminator. Was Terminator two specifically, I think. It's at the beginning of it. I like Terminator. Whenever they think of Terminator, bad, bad to the bone. Whenever I think of Terminator, I just imagine when they get lightning bend or whatever. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> so you remember Bearbots? <laughs> Stop saying it. Bearbots. All right. Settle down. All right. Bad to the bone. Ash, despite having a couple of episodes where we had some training, it seemed, hasn't been training that well. <laughs> um, and he goes to Professor Oak for some advice. But instead, Oak yells at him that it's way too late. And it's actually time to start heading out to the Indigo Plateau. And so he's like, gives him directions. And so then we just cut to Ash like, 
running in place, ready to get going, and they all get their bags packed and head off in the direction of the Indigo Plateau. So we're on our, we're bleh, we're on our way, and on the way we meet a samurai, like dressed in traditional samurai clothing, not samurai. armor, but he even carries around like a wooden samurai sword. So then, um, he also has a Marowak as his main Pokemon, and the Marowak also wields its bone like a samurai sword, which I think is actually really cool and kind of makes me like Marowak more. <laughs> samurai guy decides to challenge Ash, and eventually he says he wants to challenge him for the badges. I don't know if it's right away or not, but he says that he wants to challenge him for the badges. Whoever wins gets the other one's badges. Yeah, because I thought Misty said, no, Ash, that's stupid, don't do it. Just... And Ash agrees. He's like, I got to go to the Indigo Plateau. I don't got time for this weirdness. But then, Samurai Man says, well, if you're afraid to fight me here, you're not going to have a chance in the Indigo Championship. Basically calling him a chicken. That's not how that works. Sure. And so, Ash, like Marty McFly from Back to the Future, succumbs to being called chicken and decides to fight. <laughs> and the guy uses Merrick. Yep. And Ash actually makes a good matchup, right, with Squirtle? No, he doesn't use Squirtle, but he does do a good matchup. He uses Bulbasaur. Okay. Because that also works against Ron. I remember he did a good matchup first. And then Bulbasaur uses some move, but then the Samurai guy just has Marowak focus energy. So it's very, very Samurai-like. He doesn't even fight right away. He just, like, braces himself ready. And then the Vine Whips come, and he smacks the Vines away right at the right time. And then... Marowak eventually does this whole thing where he charges forward, like in a, like we get like a, just a flat view, horizontal view of them, like you, an old classic samurai shows and stuff, mm-hmm. where he goes right past Bulbasaur with his club, and we don't see what happens for a while. They just both freeze for a bit, and then Bulbasaur collapses because you don't you you're waiting to see who actually got defeated. And then I the next one they do that. I love those kind of moments. I love that's why I enjoy like samurai cartoons and things like that. Because I just like love that kind of like. I thing. always know who's gonna be the one standing up. Right, sometimes you don't, and it's like, cool. No, I always... Well, oh. I've always guessed right, I guess. Oh, okay. Like when they're like this, and they fall Yep. Usually it's with death in a lot of things, but this yes. was just yes. defeating Pokemon. And turtles. Shredder's head was coming. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I about that one. And it was Leo. He's more of the, like, samurai one. Instead yes. Instead of, like, Mikey, Donatello. And... I mean, they're all technically ninja, which isn't samurai, but still. But he's more of, like... Yes, everybody saw that. All right. Um, <laughs> yes, everybody saw that. So with Bulbasaur down, I think that's when he takes out Pikachu. Yeah. Which should not work at all. But as we've learned, Ash's Pikachu is special and can defeat ground type. And it does. It defeats Marowak. And then uh, I know you guys were all concerned because they're like, wait, but doesn't he have other Pokemon? So it should still go because only one of each has been defeated. But... The samurai guy does specifically say that was my strongest Pokemon, and if he's gone, he just kind of gave up at that point. So, Ash wins. But, it turns out, Samurai Man doesn't have any badges. But he did. And then he explains how he did have badges, but then someone stole them. And how did that happen? Who remembers how they were stolen? I know he was training with his Marowak, and he beat all, or got all his badges. Yeah, it does show a like, big montage of them getting the badges, right? Where it's oh. like it shows him and Marowak collect this badge and collect that badge. Because he's explaining how he got them all. And then... He was so... Marowak, and he, he was so hungry, and there was a pile of food, and then they went to it, and then they fell down. 
and the bag of badges. In one of the classic pits. And then they fell on the ground above, then Team Rocket grabbed the ammo. That's okay. right, Team Rocket, because when they fell into this classic pit, the bag just landed on the edge of the pit, right? Yeah, after all their hard work and earning it. And so Team Rocket stole it, and... The Samurai Man describes it, including a talking meow. So again, Ash and them are like, ah, Team Rocket. <laughs> and is this when Marowak leaves, or is it later? Oh, it's much later. Oh, I mean, not much later, I guess, but it's later. So Team Rocket got it. So then they decide to all team up together, right, to go find Team Rocket. And then we cut to Team Rocket. We cut to Team Rocket, and it's only James and Meowth <laughs> because Jesse ran off with the badges. She stole from the stealers. She stole from the the thieves. Yeah. So then the gang shows up with samurai guy marowak and they're like hey we want the badges and they're like well we don't have them anymore but of course they don't believe them so then they look through all of their random junk that they have broken sunglasses yeah so many stupid like random things so much trash and then they go it is sentimental value you know what it kind of reminds me of hmm. rosella's room no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. yesterday oh. i was trying to convince yeah, her yeah, yeah. and she shows me this dirty pin that's broken, <laughs> and it's just like from some random break. I'm like, Rosella, it's trash, and she still has it. It had a spot on it. It had sentimental value, maybe. I don't know what that means. Sticky. It meant something to you. You still had a connection to it. It was emotionally. Not sticky. <laughs> There's things. Anyway, it was just wow. funny. That they hoarded all these random things. But, once they found out that they definitely didn't have the badges, Marowak started making a bunch of Marowak noises, and Meowth interprets it that Marowak is done. After all that work they went through, and not being able to have the badges, he doesn't want to be the samurai's Pokemon anymore, and he walks away. Which I think is horrible and stupid. Yeah, the only reason he was doing all that hard work to earn the badges is because it was his dream to fight in the Pokemon. Yep. So then... Ash and them are like, well, we gotta go find Jesse and get those badges. And James and Meowth have the same thought about beating them, so they fly off in their balloon while Ash and them go looking. Then we cut to Jesse. And then we cut to Jesse in disguise. And she even tells them, like, t well, tells them, she doesn't tell anybody, she's by herself, but she's thinking to herself about how even James and Meowth wouldn't recognize her in this perfect disguise. So. She finds an unsuspecting person looking at their badges in a box, and she gets up there and wants those badges, and she's gonna basically steal them, right? But she, when we she's talking to the person like, oh, look yeah, at my she's badges. Like, yeah, she's like, yeah, she's yeah, they're showing them off. And when we see this other person's badges, they don't look anything like Ash's badges. But Samurai Man, when we saw him doing his thing with Marowak, the badges he was earning looked all like the badges that Ash has. So because none of the other badges look like it. And we've already heard that Gary had 10 badges before getting to Viridian City, so we know that there's at least 11 different badges in the anime world for Kanto. But now we know there's at least 16 badges. Which is so stupid. There's only supposed to be 8! Agreed. So, Jesse's gonna steal it, but James and Meowth show up in the balloon. James is like, pets Jesse and Meowth is like, how do you even know that? Like... James like, we've done so many disguises together, I'll recognize Jesse in anything. And when he says that, there's actually a little, like, we st just a faded image, so we still have the normal image of the present day, but the faded images of all the different costumes, well, not all of them, but a bunch of the different costumes that they've used together. And I forgot to mention that earlier in the episode, we also saw a montage of Ash and Pikachu getting all their badges. We did? We did. 
because I noticed that there's like it's like a it's almost like this was a clip show where a lot of times in TV series they'll do an episode where all they do is basically just play moments from other stuff like they'll have a very basic plot of the episode that causes them to reminisce over other things so most of the episode is just pieces of other episodes that they've already done so it kind of saves money and time to allow them to film more stuff later on and so this kind of had some of that element there's a lot more story than some of those other clip shows but this one had a lot of the clips of ash winning his badges then we had marowak winning badges which we've never seen that was new and but then we saw like some of the stuff with jesse and james which was cool so it was kind of like as we're getting closer to the tournament and the end of the indigo league we got like this like reminiscence of all the things they've done before kind of so then james gets in there because he knows it's jesse and he says something about trouble which she's like trouble and he says something like about making it double and then so she starts saying the motto as well because she can't help herself as we've learned before they just seem to be unable to help themselves <laughs> um and so of course at the very end of the motto they always throw off their disguises and sure enough she throws it off at the end revealing that it's jesse not that james didn't know already <laughs> <laughs> it's just really funny. <laughs> yep. And so then Ash and Samurai Man and Misty and Brock show up. And we get a battle. And this is where we see Samurai Man has at least one other Pokemon? Two other Pokemon? But also Team Rocket seems to be known because Jesse's like, I was about to swipe those kids' badges. And the kid has his box shut and is running. It's Team Rocket! Oh yeah, when they first reveal themselves, he's like, it's Team Rocket! And then runs away. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Good call. She was, like, really about to, but something like Smoke Bomb. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. They confront Team Rocket, and Samurai Man has at least one other Pokemon. But did he have one or two? Venom? Or... Did he have Venom? I don't even remember. I have no... I have... That's... I I'm really blanking on what... How this grass fight... or Bug. Okay. Grass or Bug. And, of course... Maybe? And Team Rocket is using, like, Arbok and Weezing. I don't think they take out Lickitung or Victory Bell here. And then he's not doing so well. The same way. Right. And at some point, maybe it was earlier, I don't even remember when this happens, but Marowak is wandering by himself. We cut to Marowak. Is it at this point? Maybe. So anyway, we see Marowak, and he comes across some other trainers in a clearing in some woods that are, like, doing some last-minute, like, training and stuff like that with their Pokemon before they get to the league and talking about all the times they've had together. And so then we get, like, this whole memory sequence of all the times that Marowak and Samurai Guy, who has a name, I just don't remember what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no. His SM. name is Sam. <laughs> so then, um, so we see them like eating watermelon together and getting seeds all over them, and just all these little moments where they were having a good friendship, right? It's funny. The best thing I remember is the watermelon part too. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so Marowak is like, oh, and obviously he misses his person. Then we cut back to the battle, and yeah, Samurai guy's still not doing well. They're about to throw pokeballs. Oh, go ahead. Um, when we were doing the Marowak. We saw him was quiet and running back towards to back to him. Yeah, he decided to run back towards Samurai person. Yeah, we just we don't we know that he's obviously wanting to get back to him. So then, because of losing to Team Rocket, Team Rocket's about to throw Pokeballs to catch Samurai guy's Pokemon, which is impossible works. technically. Um, the only Except reason for Mew. Mewtwo. Yeah, Mewtwo had well, he had special Mew Pokeballs. Could Remember, he had special Pokeballs yeah, that he designed himself. Mew could probably. And so, yeah, they throw a Pokeball at Samurai Guy's Pokemon that he was using. And right before it can get there, a Bone Club collides with it, knocking the Pokeball away. And Marowak is there to finish off and save the day. And be with his partner, even though he doesn't know his partner's getting his badge. Right. Yes. 
He comes back just to be back with his partner. And yes, then they beat Team Rocket. Team Rocket goes blasting off or something. I don't remember. Like usual, I don't remember. <laughs> I just know they win. They get their badges. Yep, and Marowak and Samurai Guy have their badges. <laughs> and all's hunky-dory. So then, our final episode for this week. Episode 76. All fired up. I really like this episode too. Alright, now we're approaching the Indigo Plateau. And it's this episode sets up the finale of the Indigo League Championship, which is still a bunch of episodes. And next week we'll be going over all those episodes along with the manga that takes place at the Indigo Championship, which is a little different, but still also different from the video game. <laughs> so Ash is super confident. He's talking about how like he's just super excited to do the tournament. He's going to win, basically. Um, I think Misty even mentions how he sounds more overconfident than usual. Scared. Yeah, Proc makes some comments about it too. And then they start to enter a town. Yep, they start to enter a town, and there's a lot of people waiting on the sides of the roads with flags and stuff, and are and seemingly they start excited. Cheering. And Ash thinks it's for him. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, I didn't know they heard of me." And then when Ash thinks it's all for him, this guy comes in with a torch, with the weirdest, biggest smile on his face. He's just like, <laughs> "Yeah," and he's in like running attire too, right? Yeah, and then his mouth is like open wide with grin, and it's like. I guess weird. I didn't even notice his face. <laughs> what? Um, when Ash fought, when when Ash fought, it was a, it, he he was special and all that. He he said, "I you can get my autograph." Oh yeah, he was offering to give autographs. But yep. then behind the runner guy, we also had Officer Jenny on her motorcycle. Mm-hmm. and we had, like, an RV behind, too. They learned that the torch that the guy's carrying is to start the ceremonies of the Indigo League Championship, and so Ash, of course, wants to carry it. He's so excited about it, but we find out from Jenny that only those participating in the league are allowed to carry it. But Ash is participating in the league, but he's also not, off- like, he hasn't, hasn't gone through the right authorization process or something. Like, Jenny also brings that up. But then we have the president of the Pokemon League pop up on top of the RV and is like, oh, just let him do it, it's fine. And what's funny is, like, Ash or Brock or all of them, I don't remember, they're like, are you Santa Claus? Because <laughs> he has a big old white beard and stuff, and he's really short. And I'm like, what do you mean, are you Santa Claus? You met Santa Claus in the Lapras Jinx episode. <laughs> and then I got it. And then I felt bad for the guy with the weird big smile. And, um, he's just still smiling, gives him the torch, and then, well, he actually... Ash gets his own torch, and then the guy lights his torch, and yes. the fire is gone from that one torch, it's, he, which bothers me throughout the episode, because later, then two people share a torch, and like, I'm like, but that, but that's, you're changing what you can do with the torch! <laughs> what are you doing? It's all good. No, so, it's not. It's fine. Anyway, so Ash gets the permission to carry the torch for a while. So, he carries the torch, he's still in his regular Pokemon clothes like traveling clothes and all of a sudden a hole starts to open up and ash and the gang get out of the way but the motorcycle and jenny and the rv fall into it this is a giant hole that team rocket once again dug up a ginormous because uh they want the fire because the fire is from moltres at least that's what the legend says right is from Moltres. <laughs> is from Moltres. <laughs> so they want the fire because it's Moltres fire, supposedly. So then Meowth scratches Ash, causing Ash to 
quote unquote drop the torch, but really he chucked it. <laughs> Remember, he just like was like ah, and then he just like overhand throws it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was him dropping it <laughs> out of reaction. The 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 way it was drawn and Ill, like whatever it did not look like it was or a reaction. We understand that it probably was meant to be, but it didn't look like it. So then Meowth catches it, but it sets his head on fire because he holds it like right to his face, almost like looking at the barrel of a gun, which is also stupid. Then because he did that, he lets go, and I think Pikachu or one of the good Pokemon or something catches it. It's just being tossed around for a while. It is, but James, because they want to put out Meowth. Brings out Victory Bell. Instead of Victory Bell swallowing up James's head, it swallows up Meowth. But that's so stupid! Which just lights Victory Bell on fire. So then Meowth is running around on fire with Victory Bell on his head on fire, just causing all kinds of problems. <laughs> and yeah, the, the torch is flown all over the place, and... Jesse and James did get on fire. Oh, that's right. They also got lit on fire with all the running around, didn't they? Yeah. Oh! And then what, it, what happens? Then Ash has pity on them. And let Squirtle put them out. And he says he's probably going to regret it. Yeah. And then he does, because they still are like, thanks, Squirt. And then they take the torch. Yeah, they're like, thanks for saving us, but we're evil, so we're going to take this anyway and take off in their balloon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then Ash feels like he's failed. Yeah. But once everyone is free from the pit, Ash apologizes, but then the old man shows that he's carrying a lantern under his shirt that holds the Moltres fire. And he uses that fire to... Light another torch for Ash. And then, it's a tinier fire than the other torch, but it still stays lit after it lights the torch. See, I can I can make an argument for this, because it is the so- it seems to be the more source of it all, though. And it's a it's like a lantern, which is usually ch- fueled by, like, oil. So it probably has more oil fu- keeping it going, right? <laughs> it's like you said, fueled by oil. Fueled. Fueled by oil. And then we cut to Team Rocket flying with their torch, and it's going out. So then I think Meowth tries to increase the flame by turning a knob on the bottom of the torch, which just causes it to burn real bright, real fast, and then go completely out. (laughs) So they did not actually win. And they were putting their heads above it, and then they got burned. Yeah, they all got burned. It's like they're like, it's going out as they looked over. And he's like... You just need to turn this knob and then... Yep. Fire. And then we get to my absolute favorite part of this episode. The music turns on and we hear the Pokemon theme song music. And we see Ash running in a running outfit now with the torch. And when the singing starts, it's the second verse of the theme song. Not the first that we always hear at the beginning. It's finally... The second verse, which we only actually hear in the movie, but it's a different version, like it's a different singer and everything of the song. So we actually hear the original version, second verse, and it's awesome. And it's a whole montage, right? So we first see Ash running with the torch and the vehicle following, and then we cut to, was it Brock next? But but the thing is, when Brock runs with the torch, he is not even participating in the Pokemon League Championship. And then... Ash got special permission because he was, like, peppy about it or whatever. That doesn't mean Brock has special permission. But the point is, like, it's still a cool scene. even Because really cool. Misty also gets to carry it, too. Yeah. It goes from, like, Ash, then to Brock, to Misty, and there's a point where they're running across the bridge, I think, too. Maybe it's Misty and then Brock. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Everybody gets a chance to carry it out of those three. And then at the very end, they pass it on to somebody else in front of the Indigo Plateau 
Pokemon tournament town place. Yeah. So that's really cool. But it's not time for the opening ceremony yet, so they just got the torch there. And then Ash crosses paths with Gary, who once again is being mean and causes Ash to, like, doubt himself a little bit. Gary is so annoying! Right? He sounded like he was kind of on the, like, a little bit better when they, in the episode, um, showdown at the Poke Corral. Because he's like, hey, yeah, we should, like, battle a bit and stuff. Like, he started off annoying, but then he seemed like, hey, maybe they'd be good rivals. And he's like, oh, well, instead of battling now, since Team Rocket interrupt, we'll just face each other at the Indigo League. And then he's a jerk again. And now he's a jerk again. So then when Ash and them are trying to go to sleep that night, Ash has his uh, comments rattling around his head, as well as Brock's from the beginning episode about being overconfident and stuff. So Ash gets up and wanders off to the stadium and just kind of looks around and, like, trying to, like, psych him up for a... And the president guy is there, too, and he's like, oh, there's something special about this kid. Mm-hmm. So then the next morning, all the participants show up for the opening ceremony, and then some other runner has the torch and carries it up the steps to the platform where there's, like, a big basin for the fire to go in, right? It looks like a giant bowl. Yeah, Yeah, but basically a giant bowl. A cereal! And this is all very much like the Olympics, right? Because the Olympics start with, like, a torch lighting thing, too. That's cool. I gotta go to the Olympics now. (laughs) You could just watch it on TV, probably. Anyway. I mean participate. Oh, sure. (laughs) That's a lot of work. Isn't that? Yeah. What's so hard? I was thinking of, like, how it's a bowl for cereal, and now I'm thinking of, like, I would like some cereal with fire, please. <laughs> so anyway, this, this, I think it's some girl that's carrying it this time, and she's carrying it up the steps, but then there's two people up there waiting for it, and that's odd. That's not usually how it goes, the announcers say, and we recognize who it is. It's Team Rocket. And Ash, for once, sees through the disguise and knows it's Team Rocket. I don't give them so that torch. So he rushes up there to try to stop it from happening, but it's too late. They get the torch. Well, she just gives it to them because yep. he's like, they're like, give it to us. We are in charge of dealing yep. with it. Don't give them that torch. But what's weird is, what does Team Rocket do with the torch? Put it in the cereal bowl. Which is where it was gonna go in the first place. They didn't need to stand out there to do that part. They could have just been waiting in their little machine that shows up later. <laughs> It's so dumb. They they just like give us the torch, and then they throw it in the thing. And yet, all their plan is to take the thing, because yeah, after it goes in there, they get in their strange giant robot grasshopper. And Wait, what's a grasshopper? Exactly, and then because there's no grasshoppers in Wait, Pokemon. What if there is? They're just small. So anyway. They get in their big robot grasshopper thing. They pick up the basin and put it on, like, the robot puts it on its back. And it somehow it can use it to blast fire at people. And, uh... Absolutely no, sound. no, not really, but that's okay. So then Ash is, like, of course, going to get into the fray. And he sends out Bulbasaur. And Bulbasaur uses Razor Leaf. But then the fire shoots all the leaves out. And then it gets to the point... Well, so then, the, then he gets Pikachu out. And Pikachu's electric abilities seem not to work on the robot. They have... Like, insulated or something. I don't know. It's magic. Pikachu's abilities don't work on something. Yeah, right? They made it it electric proof. Yes, they made it electric proof. So then we get a really dark turn because Ash gets cornered along with his Pokemon. I think it might have just been Pikachu. Maybe Bulbasaur was out again. I don't know. But he's cornered against a wall. Team Rocket with the Grasshopper thing gets over there. And what are they going to do? They're going to kill him. How? With the fire. Yeah. They aim the fire and get ready to blast it at him. And they do blast it at him. And then he dies. No, 
<laughs> no. He, Go ahead. <laughs> he doesn't die because it's Mulchay's file because it turned into Mulchay's. That's right. The fire completely consumes Ash and the Pokemon, but they don't burn up. Because it's Mulchay's fire and Mulchay's controls the fire and then they burn in Rocket's robot. And then what does Mulchay's do? Yeah. As Vivi said, Moltres forms out of that fire after it was consuming Ash and them, so they didn't get burned, and then knocks Team Rocket out of into orbit, and then carries the bull back, like it just kind of tosses the bull, and it just lands like with a big smash right where it belongs. Oh, I thought Moltres carried it. No, it kind of just like hits it really hard, like it's kind of wonky. And then Moltres dives into it, and boom! The torch is there. Fire, the ceremonies are started. Back on. And now the tournament begins and that is our last episode for this week what'd you think about them all i i liked them me too so which one was your favorite episode the jiggly big ancient one yeah mine too the puzzle of pokemonopolis i really like the one that just happened but oh Oh, and then there was the quaction with the jiggly book and the psyduck I guess I'll just stick with the ancient. Yeah, I like the ancient one. It's funny. How about you, Rosella? What was your favorite episode? I mean, I like the flame one. Okay. So then, who was your favorite Pokemon? Ruby? Hmm. I like the Jigglypuff a lot, and I like Psyduck, just because he's Psyduck. And he ran around in circles. How, who was your favorite newer Pokemon? The one that we don't usually see. Not a main character. Like Jigglypuff is recurring Psyduck. Often. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think of all the new ones. There was Moltres. And there was. What other. I guess we don't Mine's see Marowak. I was about to say, I guess we don't see Marowak that often. Mine was Marowak. Mine was the big Jigglypuff. The big Jigglypuff? I'll, I'll allow that answer. <laughs> well, then I'll go. Um, is there any more new Pokemon besides Moltres? I mean, we saw, like, some, po- like, Wigglytuff was a big one. Um, Gengar and Alakazam. Gengar and Alakazam were kind of big deal. Well, I mean, they were literally big. Ah. <laughs> I'm assuming yours was Moltres, huh, Rosella? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wigglytuff was sassy and rude. Oh, I guess I didn't say my favorite episode either, did I? No, I gotta know what your favorite episode was. Mm. Maybe. Well, I guess... We do see Victory Bell kind of often, but I think I'll go with Victory Bell how for once he didn't get on James's head. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Pokemonopolis might be my favorite too. Although All Fired Up was really fun with the mostly just for that one scene I really liked. Whereas yeah. Pokemonopolis had a, a lot more time to be amusing to me. Mm-hmm. All right, well I think that's wrapping up this one. So all that's left is Pokemon cards. <laughs> All right, Vavai, what do you got? Oh, what you? What was your package? Um, Charizard. A terrestrialized Charizard from Obsidian Flames. Yep, Scarlet and Violet. Yes. And I got a Wiglet, Water type. Shocker, that's a Grass type. Bursar, that's a Metal type. Magneton, Mexic type. <gasps> Wug Trio. Wug Trio, Water type. Trio. 
Wiglets oh, evolution. I'm like, wait, what? They're Maritime Fire type, Scout one, Nemo type, Portuguese, is Psychic type, Pretty Yoda, a Nemo type, Puffin Water type, Delk Energy, and that's all of them. Nice. Alright, Rosella, what do you got? What's your package? Um, Obsidian Flames from Scarlet and Violet, and it has a Trastalized Charizard on it. Okay. Lechonk, um, normal. Togepi, psychic. Lampent, fire. Gloom, grass. We just had a gloom episode. Yeah, make room for gloom. Masquerain, not grass type. Gumshoes, <laughs> gumshoes, normal type. Pupitar, fighting type. Bisharp, metal type. Yep, same as Vava. Zigzagoon, normal type, Sizor, metal type, and an electric basic energy. Very cool. Was it, uh, Ruby, you want to go next? Sure. What was your package? I got Paldea Evolved, Scarlet and Violet with a Quaxwell. Quaxair? You keep thinking it's Quaxwell. It's Quack, uh, Quaxwell. Oh, Quaxwell. With a Quaxwell on the front. Alright, I got a Voltorb electric type. Then I got Clavel, who's a trainer. Um, I believe he's like the principal of. Oh yeah, the like kind of like the headmaster or something. Of the orange one. He's style. he's the of uh, both. Oh, he's wearing an orange jacket. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. So you got the. I got the red one. one. Hold on. Trophus grass type. Let me see. Dunsparce oh. normal type. Honkrow dark type Let me see. evolves from Murkrow. Pseudo Woodle. Pseudo. Pseudo Pseudo Wudo. Pseudo Wudo. Pseudo Wudo. Pseudo Pseudo Wudo. Pseudo Wudo. Um, fighting type. Russia. Um, supporter trainer. Oh, you got a couple of trainers. Yeah. Vigoroth evolves from Slack Off. It gets kind of that rainbowy bottomless. I think it's my reverse hollow. Normal type. Oh, I got two. Another Dunsparce, but different picture. Um, normal type. The exact same looking. Hmm. Cool. Wigglytuff, psychic type. Oh, from Jiggly. That's awesome. We got we got Gloom and Wigglytuff. I just realized Wigglytuff evolves from Jigglypuff. Yup. All right. So I, I also got oh. a Grass Energy. Nice. All right. So I have Snover, Grass type, Fletchling, Normal type, Voltorb, Electric type. Oh, I also got Clavel in the orange, like Scarlet gear. You also got Voltorb. Oh yeah. I also have Bombardier, dark type. I was thinking of Bombardier earlier. Ooh, Flamigo, normal type. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. I have that picture. Nice. Or I've seen it. I think I have it. Okay. I'm excited about it. I like Flamigo. Me too. Ooh, Paldean Tauros. Let me see. Okay, it's a fighting one. Fighting type, yes. I have a Paldean Tauros except it's fire. Oh, right. I have a... Nice. I also got Wigglytuff. Let me see, let me see. But, well, your package is just doubling my package. Voltorb, Clavo. And it's a reverse hollow one. Mine has a shiny edge. So hot. That one looks a lot sweeter than the other one. Wigglytuff! Frigibax, also reverse hollow. And water type, sorry. And Wigglytuff psychic. And water type, Gyarados. 
with the regular kind of hollow. Oh, yeah, I think. he evolves Magikarp. Evolves from Magikarp, yes. Oh, <gasps> I've not seen that picture. I know, I don't yet. think it's I have either. It's so cool. I, I, didn't I agree. Quite see the picture. Once it appears, it goes on a rampage. It remains enraged until it demolishes everything around it. Oh my. And it does, has a 200 uh, Berserker Tackle, does 200 damage. This Pokemon also does 50 damage to itself. And Revengeful Storm, 80 plus. If you have more prize cards remaining than your opponent, this attack does 100 more damage. That is really cool. And then I have a Psychic Energy. I want, I want that, Daddy. I'm sure you do. Well, so Alright, so, thank you all for listening. Routes Through Pokemon is a Hunterfield Institute production. Uh, you can find us at the Hunterfield Institute YouTube channel uh, with the Routes Through Pokemon playlist. We are also on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and some other various ones where you can listen to us. So go ahead and like, subscribe, rate, review, comment, all that stuff. And if you really want to get a hold of us, you can also email us at hunterfieldmanor at gmail.com. And we also have a Routes Through Pokemon Facebook group. And I am also on X and Twitter under Hunterfield Inns. So H-U-N-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D-I-N-S. So you can find us there, or find me there mostly. Sometimes posting pictures, updates of what we're working on, things like that. And I'm open for conversation, too, if you want to talk about other things like music and stuff. <laughs> Next week, we will be covering two ep uh, two chapters of the manga and... A bunch of episodes of the anime. So we will have Manga Volume 3, Chapter 39, Just a Spiro Carrier, and Chapter 40, A Charizard and a Champion. And then for the anime, we will be covering Episode 77, Round 1, Begin. Episode 78, Fire and Ice. Episode 79, The Fourth Round Rumble. Episode 80, A Friend Indeed. Episode 81, Friend and Foe Alike. And episode 82, Friends to the End. So thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next round. Bye-bye. Bye. Into Cerulean. The aroma of fresh French toast lingered in the air as Midori, Violet, and V embarked on the road to Cerulean City. The sun painted the sky with hues of blue and gold, casting a warm glow over the winding path. The trio strolled through the fields, enjoying the gentle rustle of leaves and the distant murmur of the sea. As they approached Cerulean City, its distinct architecture came into view. The vibrant colors of the buildings reflected in the cerulean waters that surrounded the city, creating a picturesque scene. The bustling city greeted them with the cheerful chatter of fellow trainers, shopkeepers, and the occasional Pokemon cry. Entering Cerulean, the streets unfolded with a variety of shops each offering a different allure for trainers and travelers alike. Pokemon centers hummed with activity as trainers tended to their partners, and shops displayed an array of items from potions to Pokeballs. Midori guided Violet through the lively city, sharing stories of his own past adventures. The air was filled with excitement as they neared the iconic Cerulean Gym, 
where Midori expected to find the gym leader. Misty, a skilled water-type trainer, greeted them with a friendly smile. Midori's eyes widened momentarily, betraying a hint of surprise, but he quickly composed himself. Misty, this is my daughter, Violet, Midori introduced, exchanging pleasantries. After the introductions, they proceeded to the gym's interior, where Misty led them to a large pool surrounded by lush greenery. Staryu gracefully twirled, Horsey darted playfully, and Poliwag exhibited its playful hops in the water. Misty shared insights about each Pokemon, describing their personalities. Staryu is swift and agile. Horsey is curious and spirited, while Poliwag is friendly and full of energy. Violet's eyes sparkled with excitement as she listened, captivated by the prospect of choosing her first Pokemon. Misty turned to her, a gleam of anticipation in her eyes. Violet, the time has come. Which Pokemon will be your companion on this grand adventure? And with that, the decision rested in the hands of a ten-year-old, setting the stage for the next chapter of their Pokemon journey. To be continued.